Greetings, creatures of the night, and we are uh, alive. We are live and alive. It's true. We're back, sort of, for now. We'll see how it goes, as in life, moving forward. Uh, We've been very busy and out of COVID and, uh, you know, since post-pandemic, life happens one day at a time. And today we're able to sit down and talk some horror movies, so we're going to do that. Uh, it's been a while, but of course the watching has still been happening. So, yeah, let's get into it. Starting with, well, first up we have Megan. Uh, What'd you think about Megan? I mean, for what it was, it the rating on it is totally what hinders this movie. Uh, it's a good movie for being a PG thirteen movie. Uh, I thought it was plenty creepy enough i guess and and it, it had some kills you know with that cgi gore it it happened i saw it uh it was definitely interesting enough and uh i i thought it was a fun one at least but it was just a c plus movie yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and pretty much take a similar route myself uh i liked it uh i didn't have any significant problems with it i do think that it was already done and done better with uh the super underrated in my opinion obviously uh child's play remake uh from 2019 uh which i thought was great and i think this kind of just treaded similar ground, but didn't necessarily come close to it being as good as that one. I think Megan is a cool concept. Uh, I think Megan 2.0, the already announced sequel, because of course this one exploded and got super popular and uh, everyone seemed to like it. Uh, I The kids love it. What can I, you say? I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with Jimmy. I think that one of the biggest problems with the movie was the rating. Uh, even the unrated cut was still pretty tame because you can't really change it too drastically, uh, even with the whole unrated thing slapped on it. But the CGI kill, bloody kind of gore kills were sort of fun, I guess. Um, but I I just found it to be a C-plus movie as well. Not anything terrible, but not anything super memorable. I think they can do better, and maybe they will. I, you know, it's definitely the conjuring crowd, you know, ah, pumping, pumping that way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Good point. Um, uh, similar, similar, um, levels of sort of, yeah, you know, sort of fandom. Um, but the thing about Megan for me at least was, um, it just, it could have been darker. It could have been, it, there's Ex Machina is that movie that kind of reminds me of this one. Sure. But uh, Ex Machina, obviously, a lot prettier, a lot more subtlety going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Megan's more like the fun version of that, I guess. And that's fine. And, uh, you know, but it lands it right there just on the on the just other side the of perfectly acceptable. Absolutely. OK. 100 percent. Fine. Fine. Uh, so yeah, moving on, let's move to something way better than Megan, uh, and it's an oldie. Uh, this one's called Isolation from 2005. I can't believe that it's, it's an oldie that kind of passed us by and we didn't really see it coming, but it's one of those streaming bangers that just kind of came out of nowhere. 
Yeah. And, uh, uh, so I remember um, the, my first exposure to isolation was way back in the day when it was there was no streaming and it was just uh, Netflix by mail. And I remember browsing the website, seeing isolation and going, oh, that looks kind of interesting. But I never got around to actually watching it and forgot about it for, you know, a decade and a half. Maybe I mean, almost 20 years. And uh, when I saw it in the streaming, something or another, I don't know, Amazon somewhere. I think it's Prime. We should probably. Oh, yeah, it was was Prime. Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime, it's streaming. Uh, And it's exactly a me and Jimmy kind of movie. Oh, absolutely. It is single location, basically. It's a creature feature. Two minutes in, you are elbow deep in a cow. You are legitimately elbow deep inside of a uh, poor mooing cow, uh, and and it's it's actually it's it's a it's an, a sleeper. It's oh, it an is awesome. Yeah, movie. you you started off and you're like, Mark, what have you gotten me into? And uh, and then you know as things go, you're like, oh, this is this is going places. Yep, and if they're not using the budget right now. They must be saving it up for something, and hopefully they are. And, and, and there's a great payoff. Uh, so in, in a nutshell, the movie is essentially about a uh, a couple of uh, farmers engaged in uh, a partnership with a research organization that was doing genetic modification on cows, and some weird stuff goes awry. Kind of basic, basic um, uh, Frankenstein kind of storyline. Uh, and, of course, there's some corporations involved, and essentially, it's it's it turns into your basic creature feature with a sort of hint of a slasher feel to it because, of course, uh, you know you get some 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 good. Uh, you get hints of the thing. You get hints. You oh, you get, definitely get hints you of get, the thing. You get plenty of Cronenbergian esque mm. gore throughout the the third act and and into the ending. Delicious bestial body horror. That's what it I is, can definitely call that. There's uh, plenty of that. If you like Irish actors, there's a couple of very recognizable ones. Uh, off the top of my head, I believe the lead actress came from The Babadook. Uh, she was the mother. Uh, her name escapes me off the top of my head. But a uh, great, great cast uh, that you will recognize immediately. And it, they elevate what is already a really solid concept uh, by their execution. It's it's a good one. It's, it, it is. Uh, I mean, if you were to slap a rating on it, we're going to be up in the high b's into the a yeah i'm gonna give this one a super solid confident b plus i mean it's it's not a material just because of the basic nature of it but it is really really good it's one of those movies that i love to give a's because it is i mean it it gets that that good at the end but yeah getting there it, it does take you a little while so that's why it ends up in the b plus category uh, for me as well but i can't recommend it enough uh, isolation definitely give it a oh shot. yeah no i mean like it's like open graves or like you know those other great ones that you've shown me that are uh hell i think that that's another one <laughs> mm, that's that a good one that is just those kind of they're the Foreign movies that are not that foreign to us. Small in scope, <laughs> but great in execution. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of super small in scope. Super tiny in scope. And great I, in I can't execution. wait to get to this next movie. I'm going to oh let you jump on this one. What movie are we going to be talking about We're, now? Next up, we have for you, Glorious. Now, pace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because... I, it is indeed glorious. Um, it's it's a beautifully such nice a move. simple concept executed so immaculately, and I saw some freaking people talking a little bit of hate about it, and I was like, 
You just no, no, no. You just have to understand the things that you can accomplish with just so just a few things and some really great ideas and writing. Glorious and... is a absolute masterclass in zero resources high yield filmmaking i mean they uh, had enough resources to get jk simmons the premise super basic premise of this movie there is a dude he ends up in a gas station rest room and encounters a uh individual in the stall uh and then very soon realizes he is locked in this restroom and all kinds of crazy Lovecraftian single location thrilling horror goodness immediately begins to ensue. I mean, the disembodied voice of J.K. <laughs> Simmons on the other side of that stall. Is Which is a, uh, the voice comes from what? A glorious glory hole. Yes. A fun little uh, detail there. Right. And of course it leads to everyone's favorite moment and that is when, you know, he tries, <laughs> he thinks that the other guy is alluding to him putting his uh, member in through the hole and, and lots uh, of, lots of fun happens. I mean, just, it's <laughs> so hilariously done and, and also at the same time, kind of also a pretty serious, so damn affair. serious. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's absolutely interesting how they, they managed to combine an almost absurd dark comedy with a fairly genuine, horrifying, cosmically horrifying experience. Yeah. And J.K. Simmons, like, I wonder how they sold this movie to him. I, I read this script. <laughs> and he's like, sounds like fun. I mean, like, the guy is known for his voice acting, too. And, I mean, like, this would can be considered one of his voice acting roles because you never get to see him. This is true. Um, um, I have to say, uh, with, without fear of spoiling anything further, uh, if you see Glorious, uh, just give it a watch. You definitely won't regret it. I mean, it. it's an hour and a half, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, which is crazy because, you know, it could be an hour-long movie, and they they, they oh, fill they managed that. To, they managed to beef it up a they bit. They fill that full hour and a half, and, and you know, you, you are left satisfied. Very satisfied. It doesn't overstay its welcome. I think it was, uh, a, 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 again, a really solid use of a really solid use of the mm, almost zero budget kind of situation. Right. They were undoubtedly I mean, in. like, yeah, that you could tell that it's like they, they were, they were able to use so little and maximize all of that. And it's, it is indeed. If I was to slap a rating on it, I'm going to have to go oh, glorious. It's, it's a nine out of 10. It's an A status kind of movie for me. I mean, you know, it doesn't get much better than single location. Uh, I mean, it is pretty tiny. I'll, I'll, I think it lands more on the B plus side, but obviously that's still a damn good, damn good rating and damn good movie. Well worth a I watch. I mean, yeah, obviously. Um, next up. Next up, what let's, we have. Uh, let's go ahead with one that I know a lot of people have definitely seen, and that is The Menu. Uh, what did you think of this one, Jimmy? I... Man, I know we're just kind of gushing over movies today, <sighs> but the menu was so brilliantly done and such a, a great take on that whole industry and, and how all those unsaid things are, are definitely said in this movie. Um, the, the, I thought it was going to be, uh, eat the rich, but instead it's more, it's, it's a lot more cerebral than that. And it, and it brings you to a, a different level and it was 
Ralph. Smart and good and sharp and and just, like, clean. It's such a clean movie. Anya Taylor and Ralph are two phenomenal performers. And I think this is, in terms of just pure performance factor, uh, among the best that they've done, especially Ralph. Oh, uh, man. He was mind-blowing. Yep. Especially their their climactic interaction at the end of the film, which we'll leave uh, unspoiled. Oh, yeah. But, oh, there were just moments where you were so deeply sucked up in the madness of this movie. And, and it is totally like worth the second watch through too, just to watch the whole interactions done all over again with the information that you have, like at the end of the movie, uh, the premise, uh, you have a select chosen group of people brought to a distant, uh, it's, I, it would be considered location. like one of those multiple Michelin starred, multiple James Beard award winning mega uh, restaurant, mega restaurant, super exclusive, like celebrity chef. I mean, I, I, I might, I might be getting this wrong because I think John Leguizamo plays himself. If I'm not mistaken, I, I, I think, I, I think they just call him John, but I'm not, I'm, it, they don't mention it other, other than that, but he pretty much he is pretty playing much plays himself throughout the entire, so, I mean, except for, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, he's, actually that guy and so they all get gathered together in this with this eccentric chef and well the thrilling craziness ensues and it's it's most definitely worth the watch i think a lot of people have seen this one but um i gotta throw it on the majorly yeah, if you haven't one. gotten around to watching the menu it is um i've actually watched it three times now it was it was one of those movies that even you know hill was just like what, what do you want to watch oh the menu I'm sounds like, good <laughs> Always. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a solid B plus uh, on my end. Oh, it's an A plus movie on, on my end. Uh, it, it, I thought it was damn near perfect. Love it. Uh, so last up, at least uh, uh, in terms of the things we were thinking of earlier, uh, let's definitely give a uh, shout out to the one and only David Cronenberg. Good timing on this. He was uh, just just hit his 80th birthday a couple of days ago. Uh, so that's Bless kind of mind blowing that the man, the myth, the father of body horror himself is 80 years old, still working, still going um, strong. I going mean, like strong. If this movie that we're about to talk about is proof of anything that the guy, it was just daddy Cronenberg saying daddy's home. Uh, with, uh, with his, uh, incredibly, unbelievably talented young son, uh, Brandon Cronenberg, uh, really coming into his own with his three feature films that he's had so far. It did sort of feel like, uh, uh, especially with the shift away from historical fiction, uh, in back into the sort of sci-fi body horror-esque stuff that Crimes of the Future is, uh, which by the way is, if anyone didn't know, Crimes of the Future is also the name of his original feature film, completely unrelated uh we're talking about the brand new crimes of the future and it is it is it's a it's you can't even call it a return to form it's more of a a return to what he's always done so fantastically i mean he, uh, you know he watches old stuff he, he's definitely a, a product of his time and i believe that you know he could have been doing this stuff if he had the technology and uh, you know it, it but also at the same time it's taken this long for him He's he, to hone his craft and and just to be, and he presents us with such a a, a beautiful 
meticulously crafted, disturbing, sinister Just, world. If you, because if you are kind of numb-ish to to horror movies, David Cronenberg finds a way. He 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 finds a way to to get it in you and 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 you know make you feel that squeamish feeling that you probably haven't felt in a long time. Uh, and and of course he does this by physically showing you things going into people's bodies. And I mean, that's always going to that's be one his thing, thing. But I mean, just so you get the just f- the concept of it all. You get the physical squeamishness of his classic body horror, but then you also get the sort of. Um, I guess bigger picture kind of how to describe it. Um, his bigger vision, picture, his artistic vision. vision. Yes. Yes. There you go. Thank you for uh, making me spit that out. Um, but uh, you know, Cronenberg has always been one of my favorites and this really falls in line with movies like Videodrome, uh, Videodrome, Existons. Um, and of course, uh, arguably, you know, less squishy, but still uh, the sort of penetrative nature of the fly. Uh, it all, sort of comes to this beautiful fruition. And let's not even, we haven't even talked about Big O. Mortensen. Uh, I mean, we haven't talked about, um, we, do you, do we have to tell people how great Vigo Mortensen is? I mean, is? he was just I mean, completely absurd. Uh, but, absolutely. And just, I mean, you know, not t- talking about anybody's age, but I mean, like just still killing it. Absolutely. And, and, in addition, let's not forget to talk about Kristen Stewart, who yeah. I just she just gets better and better and better every movie that she does, and uh, her performance in this one was uh, among my favorites that she's done. And I think uh, the chemistry, the weird, cold, I'm, strange I'm not, I'm not a huge Kristen Stewart fan, but but yeah, she definitely pulls a lot more warmth and, and and life into into this role than you know I had previously while seen. also being incredibly kind of weirdly disturbing uh, oh, yeah, at the same course. time of so uh yeah crimes of the future if you haven't seen it definitely give it a watch i mean this is an easy easy 9 out of 10 for me an a absolutely yeah, i mean you know i i you can't knock brand new shiny beautiful fucking david cronenberg it's an a uh and uh, fun fact, he's already working on his next feature film, so there's going to be probably a little bit less time between them this time around, uh, which is awesome because, again, we might find ourselves in this fun situation where him and his son Brandon are head-to-head. If you don't see that, there's like a little bit of competition already going. I oh, mean, and, and it's the best kind of competition you can oh, possibly have. And, Absolutely. And so, speaking of... And I think the only, the, only people, the only other person in the race is like Planos Cosmatos, and that's Got uh, it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I agree. That that's a great example. I think he would definitely be uh, in that specific uh, uh, niche race. Um, Absolutely. But with all that said, uh, speaking of Brandon, uh, everybody knows the release of Infinity Pool happened recently, and uh, stay tuned till the next episode when we're going to actually talk about this one because yep. Jimmy will have seen it by then. I got. I better. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm mad at myself. Don't. Don't worry about it. Things uh, things are coming around. Things are getting better. We're we're gonna we're gonna make this more of a regular thing. Try and get back to it, and uh, won't leave you guys in so much suspense. Uh, sounds great to me. All right. Until next time. This has been the experiment with Jimmy and Mark. <laughs>